Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by Trex Decking, Dice Coatings, and the Angie app. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house. We are in the Money Pit Prevention Business. Now, look, we know that a Money Pit can be seen as a bad thing. But to us, it's a term of endearment, right? I mean, it's a house you love. You do have to put some money in it. But we want to help you avoid throwing endless amounts of money into the pit as you take care of that house, as you improve it, as you make it your own, as you you erase the past decorating sins of homeowners no longer there, <laughs> you know, like popcorn ceiling, and uh, we, we talked to somebody later earlier today about smoke odors and all that nastiness. Maybe you just want to freshen it up. Maybe you want to redo a room, take on a bathroom update, a kitchen update, maybe do some more work outside. Hey, whatever's on your Money Pit to-do list, you can move it right to ours by reaching out to us at one eight 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 Money Pit or posting your calls by clicking the blue microphone button at MoneyPit.com. Coming up on today's show, do you want a new look for any room? Well, there's one easy way to do that. Change the lighting. We're going to share some tips on installing very energy-efficient pendant lights that can make a real impact for not a lot of bucks. And if your garden is looking like it's had too much sun, one of the best ways to make sure that your plants are thriving is with micro-irrigation. We're going to share how this system's tiny sprayers gets water right where you need it. And severe summer storms can strike at any moment, no matter where you are. And if that happens, are you ready with emergency supplies at home, at work, and even in your car? We're going to share a list of what you need to keep in your kit at all three locations coming up. But first, what are you guys working on? I feel like the summer is slip-sliding away. you got very limited weekends to enjoy, so very limited weekends to work on things out of doors while the weather is still gorgeous. But the fall season is just behind, so lots of things that you can tackle. What are you working on that we can help you get done? You know, guys, we have an amazing giveaway today, courtesy of Trex. This is a perfect summer into fall gift. Trex just launched the new Trex Transcend Deck Kit at Lowe's, and Trex has provided us with a $500 gift card to Lowe's to help you get started with that project. Wow, $500 at Lowe's, a $500 Lowe's gift card to help you get started with that Trex Transcend Deck. If you want to win it, you got to be in it. And how do you do that? Well, you got to participate. You got to call us with your questions at 1-888-MONEYPIT, or you got to post your questions by clicking the blue microphone button at moneypit.com. Now, don't just call because it's a great giveaway and say, uh, I have a question about uh, the color of my wall. No, no, we, we, we can spot you fakers <laughs> a mile away. We want real questions. What's going on? 
let's tackle something that can help you and help everybody else that's listening. And we will toss your name in the Money Pit hard hat. And you might just win that $500 Lowe's gift card from our friends at Trex. So let's get started. Leslie, who's first? We've got Marie on the line who's dealing with a carpet situation. What is going on at your money pit? Um, so my boyfriend and I just bought a house, and the front step is, like, all carpeted. And it's kind of hard to, like, take off. And I love your guys' podcast, and I listen to it, like, all the time. Um, and I heard, like, you can tile over the carpet. And um, just, like, the people before us bought... Um, a new door and so there's just not a lot of room to put in tile and so I wondered if there was something else to you know make it a little more curb appealing and not have like that slick texture of the concrete because like it can get wet there's like a hose hookup just right there so I want to be able to use that um, so, yeah, I just need some suggestions. Sure. Well, first of all, congratulations. It's very exciting. You guys got your first house. Super exciting. Yeah. And uh, with that first house comes, you know, a whole Great new like, area. Responsibility. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and a lot of education, you know, and, and kind of you probably wish you like paid attention to your elderly relatives when they're trying to tell you about something, how to fix something or what was good or what was bad. But uh, I can tell you this unquestionably, you cannot put a tile on top of a carpet. It just is not possible. So that's totally wrong. The carpet is, is the final flooring in there in that assembly. And then secondly, it's just plain weird when people use carpet outside. I know there are exterior carpets, and I know it was popular at one point in time, but is nobody happy about that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's just like a problem you have to deal with because I'm sure you probably have noticed that it's glued down most likely. And it's like the most durable glue you could ever imagine in your life. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That glue, if we could figure out what it is, would probably work for all sorts of other projects <laughs> better than what yeah. the glue is designed for because it seems like it never comes up. But I think in your situation, here's what I would do. I would, first of all, I would do my best to get rid of as much glue as possible. Now, look, there's bunches, there's a whole bunch of different types of, of glue uh, removers out there. Um, I think the citrus-based ones are probably the least caustic, and it might be worth you trying some of that. I would try a, you know, a small area and see how successful it is. But you have got to get as much of that out as possible, and there's no easy way to do this. It's just a matter of scraping, 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 and trying to get that down to a flat surface. So if you get it down to a flat surface uh, and there's no loose glue there that's separated from the concrete, I think you probably, and I'm not positive because we're dealing with sort of the mystery of the chemistry of the glue against the chemistry of the paint, and we're hoping that they're going to get together, but I think you can probably at the least paint that slab. I would probably go with an epoxy paint because it's it's very sticky stuff. It's two parts and it adheres really well. Um, it's the same kind of paint that you see that they sell for like garage floors. Uh, and or you could take a look at the products by Dice Coatings, D-A-I-C-H Coatings, and that's their website too, DiceCoatings.com. They have a specific product called Track Safe, T-R-A-C, and it's an attractive coating that um, is designed to give you traction. You mentioned it was a slippery surface there. That might be the perfect uh, application. It's good for uh, for areas where it could be slippery in the winter. It's good around pools, but but track safe. But you got to just try to get as much of that glue off, rip that carpet off, get as much of the glue off as possible, and then try to find the best way to res- to to basically resurface this with track safe or to or to paint it in a way that's going to stick and, and stay around. 
And then it'll all be behind you, and you'll never have to do that again. And you'll have a great story to tell all your friends. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good advice. Do you recommend any like glue removers specifically? Is there like, like a general one or one that you would recommend for this project or just kind of have at it? You know, I, there's so many out there. I don't have a specific favorite because fortunately I've never had to do that project, but I know from doing this for years, how difficult it is. And I've never heard anyone like repeatedly, sometimes I'll hear the same people will say that they'll use, you know, this particular product over and over and over again. But in the area of, of glue removal off of concrete, not so much. So that's why I say I would, I would read the labels carefully and see if it talks about glue and concrete in any way, shape or form. Do some research on that. That's what I would do if I had this problem. And then I would try it and see what happens, you know, and, it, and, and if it, if it doesn't work and doesn't work, you can take it back, but you absolutely have to use a floor scraper and, you could also use an, an angle grinder, um, which is kind of like, um, well, let's see, how do you describe this? It's, it has a wheel that basically spins, uh, and you run this wheel across the concrete, and it grinds the surface. But my concern there is that with all that glue on it, that grinding wheel is just going to fill up with all that glue gunk and not really do too much to the concrete below it. So I think it's probably going to be mostly labor, uh, a matter of just really scraping the heck out of that and seeing how you do from there. All right. Well, I'll give it a go. Don't we make this sound so much like so much fun? Like you can't wait to do this, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get socked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Jack in Arkansas is on the line with a leaky roof. Tell us what's going on. My topic is a storm shelter that's made of steel, but it's leaking, and it has leaked since it was installed. Is there some way to detect the leak and to fix that with uh, either welding or sealing? Well, a leaking storm shelter, uh, you know, that's definitely something that if you don't fix uh, it, because it's steel, it's going to kind of weaken the whole structure. So uh, a couple of things. I definitely wouldn't weld it. That seems like overkill. What I might do is I'd try to seal it. And I would use, if it's a, if it's a seam leak, you would use something like silicone. But if it's the entire roof, what you might want to do is replace it. I would use EPDM. It's a rubberized roof product and then re-roof it with that. Because look, uh, that's going to keep the majority of water off of that. And if during a storm you're, you're hopping in there for safety and protection and you get a little bit of leak, no big deal, right? But you don't want it to rot over time and then the roof becomes weak because that's what, that's part of what's protecting you. So good luck with that project. Hey, have you guys been doing some outdoor projects this summer? 
Well, if one of those projects that you would like to get done is a deck, have we got a deal for you? We have an amazing giveaway today, courtesy of Trex, who just launched the new Trex Transcend Deck Kit at Lowe's, and they provided us with a $500 gift card to Lowe's to help you get started with that project. Now, the Trex Transcend Deck Kit includes all the materials you'll need to build a 12 by 16 foot deck with Trex top of the line transcend decking, the Trex fascia, the Trex hideaway hidden fasteners, and with just one click on Lowe's.com, you can purchase all the Trex products you'll need to get that job done, have it ready for pickup at your local location, or you can have it shipped right to your home. The Trex transcend deck kit's available exclusively at Lowe's and Lowe's.com. That $500 Lowe's gift card is going out to one very lucky listener who reaches out to us with their home improvement question. And yes, you must have a question, guys. You got to have the home improvement question to qualify. So give us a call now at 888-MONEYPIT or head to moneypit.com and click on that blue microphone button to record your question. And it's going to come right to us. Susan in Alaska has got a fireplace issue. What's going on? The hearth is covered with tile, and I would like to remove it and just paint the brick underneath. So how difficult would that be for me to do? Hey, Susan. Well, I'll tell you, you know, if you remove that tile, you're probably going to have some adhesive and some other kinds of goo, we will call it, on the brick itself. So I'd first be concerned about starting with a clean brick surface. Uh, Second to that, even if you do start with a clean brick surface, just remember tile is easier to clean than brick, which might be why it was tiled in the first place. And once you paint brick, you're kind of committed. You have to repaint it from time to time um, as well. Now, in terms of difficulty, the first step would be getting that old tile off. And that can be a challenge, especially given, you know, how sticky and how solid a lot of the adhesives that would have been used. I mean, a mastic, a tile mastic is not going to give the tile up quickly uh, from the brick surface itself. But the other thing that comes to mind is that you could actually paint over the tile if you buy the right kinds of paint. There are paints, and I would go to perhaps a Sherwin-Williams store for this or a Benjamin Moore uh, dealer for this, and you're looking for special types of primer. They're called high-bond primers or high-adhesion primers uh, that are designed to help paint stick to a shiny surface-like tile. If you put that on as the first coat, uh, then you could put a regular paint on as the second coat, uh, and perhaps that might be the easiest way to get the effect that uh, that you're looking to achieve. Well, if you'd like an easy weekend update, adding new pendant lighting can do just that. Pendant lights are sleek, and they can add style and drama to the lightingscape in your home. And if you're just swapping out an old fixture, this can be an electrical project that you can actually do yourself. But if existing wires seem to be brittle or you've got to run electricity to a new spot, those are the kind of projects that's better to kind of call an electrician for. That's right. Now, the cool thing about pendant lighting is that it's suspended from the ceiling, and it brings the light down kind of right where you need it. There's a wide variety of shapes and sizes and styles, and it ranges from a 4-inch diameter, mini-cylinder, to a massive 30-inch dome. So there's a lot of variety there. Yeah, and they can be very affordable to buy and to run. Now, a 4-inch colored glass mini-pendant, you've seen them. They've been very popular for a while. You can find them at your local home center. They start at about $25. You can use LED bulbs so they won't drive up that electrical cost. And then you can use those to light up your workspace, you know, a kitchen island prep zone or maybe a desk in a home office. And they also cast a nice warm glow in a dining room or an entryway. So it really depends on the space and the usage. And then you'll get that vibe from that light that you want and it's super simple project to tackle 
Yeah, when it comes to the switch, dimmers are definitely the way to go. Very popular for pendants because you can adjust the light in the evening, create some very nice ambiance just when you need it. And if you're just doing some work on that counter, you can crank it all the way up and see what you're doing. You'll probably be a better cook as a result. <laughs> <laughs> Heading out to Arizona, Dan's on the line with a cracked tile. Tell us what's happening. Yes, hi. I have a home in Rimrock, Arizona, and it was built in 2006. And it has tile flooring, and it's created, I'm assuming, the foundation is settled. And I'm really not sure what to do about this. I mean, I don't know if I should pull the grout. Yes, it has cracked tiles, and I can't get the tiles anymore. So anyway, I need to see what your suggestion would be. You know, I hate when we get these calls, Leslie, because when you have a tile floor and it wasn't installed right, which is probably what's going on here, you know, there's no quick fix, right? You either have to keep replacing tiles as they crack or you have to go ahead and tear the whole thing out and do it right. I suspect what's happening here is that the installer never used an uncoupling membrane. Now, that's a very specific type of like underlayment that goes between a concrete slab and the tile floor. And it allows the floor and the tile to move differently than each other. And this way, when you have expansion and contraction and movement, you don't, it doesn't result in the tile cracking. It just sort of moves with it. And you know, when you say move, you think, well, it's stationary, isn't it? But everything's moving. The house is always moving. The walls are moving in or out. They're moving up and down. It just happens so slowly and so evenly. You don't see it. But, you know, from wind pressure and the forces of nature, it's moving. And you got to account for that. And that's what an uncoupling membrane does. There's a product called Ditra, D-I-T-R-A, Dan, uh, which is the kind of product that I would recommend. You could check that out at schluter.com. It's S-C-H-L-U-E-T-E-R.com. They make a lot of products uh, for tiling underlayments kind of the experts in that space. And that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. It's a special membrane that's designed to separate the movement of the tile from the subfloor below or the concrete slab below in your case. Uh, and I think once you're ready to replace that tile floor, that's kind of the next step. That's what you're going to have to do. So between now and then, you can just try to replace those that you can. And by the way, you mentioned you can't get that tile anymore. Uh, Leslie, I always think that when you can't find the tile, that you could drop in some decorative tiles and make it look like it was always designed to be that way, right? I mean, for sure. It depends on the size, the shape, the location of those tiles. You know, if there's something that you can grab, perhaps the tile from behind something, if delicately you can remove it and it would be well, then go for it. But otherwise, depending on where those tiles are, you can pop one out and then sort of look and kind of create a pattern based on what was broken and kind of work with that. You can add in something more decorative. You can add in something with a little bit of a different sheen. You can add in something that's a grouping of smaller tiles. So there's really a lot of great options to make it look like what happened was a design choice, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. And you know what always happens when you do this stuff like that? People come in, they notice, and they go, oh, I love the, the pattern in your tile floor. It's absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I totally did it on purpose. Keep your mouth shut and just thank them very much for your amazing creativity. <laughs> Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. 
It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. So, Leslie, I have a new tip for how to keep deer away from your landscape. <laughs> this has been your lifelong saga. <laughs> well, I think this is really good. I did not know about this, and I will tell you that a friend of mine suggested it to me, and I kind of vetted it by going to Google University, <laughs> seeing if anyone else was doing it. Uh, and so far, it's working great. You will never guess what we are now uh, putting around our daylilies. They cannot stand the smell of Vicks Vapor Up. So what you do, because it's kind of like a paste, right? You put it on like a thin stick or a straw or something like that. Some people rub it actually on the plant itself. Yeah, it helps them breathe better. <laughs> well, right, exactly. Well, they want nothing to do with this stuff. It has something to do with the eucalyptus that's in it and all sorts of other things. But it's been really amazingly effective. I'm like, no way. And, yep, it absolutely works. So if you're trying to keep uh, some deer away from uh, eating your lawn and garden, Try Vicks Vapor Rug. If it's not a vegetable that uh, you know that you're growing to eat, then just if it's a vegetable, I should say it's growing to eat. You could put it on a little steak, a little piece of wood, stick it in the ground, kind of underneath it. And boy, when they hear that, when they get that smell, they're going to head the other way. I love it. And if they're a bit congested, it'll be good for them. <laughs> I mean, it's perfect for the upcoming fall season. So it's really you're doing everybody a favor. Now we've got Tammy in Philadelphia on the line, who's looking for a better shower. How can we help you today? Um, hi. Um, I was calling in because I wanted to find out. Um, I have an old Victorian house, and I have a, a three three stories. I have a bathroom on the third floor and a bathroom on the second. And when I, if someone's in a shower on the second floor, and then someone takes a shower or runs the water upstairs on the third floor, the shower goes cold. And I've been asking my contractors and my plumbers, and I'm not getting a consistent answer. So I like to remedy that since I'm doing remodeling. Okay, so are you opening up walls as part of this remodeling? Yes, I'm. I'm completely down to the okay, great. So first of all, the reasons you have reduced water pressure in older homes are generally because you have old steel pipes that suffer from internal rusting and they clog, they close down kind of like a clogged artery and then you can't push enough water through it. And that could be your main water pipe. It could be the supply pipes that are inside the house or a combination of them. And so since you're taking the walls apart, the general rule of thumb is that whenever you expose these old steel pipes, you want to replace them with copper pipes um, or with PEX, which is a different, a newer type of plumbing pipe. 
Now, the other thing is that you may not have enough water pressure coming in from the street. Well, well, the pressure the pressure is not that big of a deal because I think that the pressure is kind of okay. It's just that, like, basically we have two bathrooms in the house and you can only use one at a time. Like, the water completely goes ice cold if you're in a shower and somebody comes in and uses the sink. Well, that's because the, the pipes may not be supplying that hot water. They may not be moving enough hot water. What size water heater do you have? Um, 40 gallons. All right, well, that's a minimum size, but it should be okay for, for two bathrooms. Okay. And is it an older water heater? Um, no, I just replaced the water heater. When you replaced it, did they change any of the plumbing around it? This, is it still going through the steel pipes? I don't think that they changed the, the pipes around the... No, I don't think so. So you need to talk with your plumbers about what kind of pipes you have, whether or not that's contributing to the problem, and you need to know what the water pressure is at the street, because if you're not getting enough pressure, that could be the whole cause of it. Okay. Now, I, I Googled it, and I saw something online called a, um, a pressure balance valve. Would that remedy the issue at all? So a pressure balance valve is designed to be used primarily in a shower, and what it does is it keeps the mix between hot and cold balanced so that you don't get scorching or freezing cold waters when the pressure drops. So if somebody was to, say, run hot water downstairs and now rob all that hot water from the upstairs shower... It would not change the balance of water from the mix of water between hot and cold. So the flow would be less. You'd have less of a stream, but it wouldn't be, the, the temperature wouldn't change. Okay. Right. Okay. So no, that's not it. I don't think that's the cause. I mean, that would, that would certainly be a good thing to have and something you should consider, but I don't think that's the reason you're not getting hot water on the second floor. I just don't think you're moving enough water up there. Okay. So basically what I need to do is tell them to check the piping around the water heater. Yeah. And the plumber should know this, not only around the water heater, but basically if you're going to open up those walls, what kind of pipes do you have and are they corroded? And should they be replaced to help to help, to help alleviate this? Okay, um, and if all else fails, you could always add a second water heater upstairs. You could add a tankless water heater, which would be a really small unit, and it would supply additional water to that second floor bathroom. Oh, okay. Well, if the best defense is a good offense, one of the best ways to beat the heat and make sure your plants thrive is with micro irrigation. We're going to explain how in today's home solution tip presented by Angie. All right, guys, micro-irrigation, you're like, what's that? It is a system of drip tubing and tiny sprayers, and it's a great way for you to get the water right where it needs to be. You know, unlike your lawn irrigation system, installing a drip irrigation system is not as complicated. You don't need a sophisticated irrigation network to supply micro-irrigation. A spigot for your hose will do the trick. And it's perfect for flower beds and shrubs because it will take that water and put it exactly where it's needed under low pressure. So it's really watering right where you got to get it to. Now, most of micro-irrigation consists of drip tubing. These are a quarter-inch or half-inch hoses fitted with tiny plastic nubs that are called emitters. And they allow the water to drip out at a regulated pace without clogging. Now, the tubing, you want to snake it around and among the trees and the plants to get the water into the soil at the roots. And there's also lots of accessories you can choose from. There's sprays for ground cover, there's foggers for hanging containers, and even single emitters for reaching plants that are sort of off the grid and away from the majority of the garden. And basically, all in, you can customize a system that's like perfect for your particular situation. But the best way to get started is to get organized. And to do that, you want to draw a plan of your garden and then map out the configuration of the tubing and the accessories that you'll need. And then you can put together a little shopping list before you head out to pick up the stuff. 
Yeah, and the actual plumbing connection is simple, too. It does not have to be permanently installed. Instead, you can connect the system to an outdoor faucet. You just screw the vacuum breaker to the pressure regulator to prevent contaminated hose water from backwashing into your home supplies line. You have this when you have an irrigation system. It's just a little bit more sophisticated. This is definitely a great way for you to achieve the same thing. And then you just attach the filter to the pressure regulator and connect the hose to that filter. Now, once the tubing is installed, you want to make sure you cover it with a couple of inches of mulch, and this is going to keep that water from evaporating before it reaches the plant roots, and that'll give the garden a very manicured appearance. And that's today's Home Solution Tip. It's presented by Angie, and tackling home projects has never been easier. Just tell Angie what you need, and they can handle the rest. Start to finish, download the Angie app today. Well, whatever that adventure is, we want to help you get that project done because we have an amazing giveaway today, courtesy of Trex, who just launched the new Trex Transcend Deck Kit at Lowe's. And you guys, Trex has provided us with a $500 gift card to Lowe's to help you get started with that project. Now, the Trex Transcend Deck Kit includes all of the materials that are required to build. This is a great size, a 12 by 16 foot deck with Trex's top of the line Transcend Decking, the Trex Fascia, and the Trex Hideaway Hidden Fasteners. I mean, Trex Transcend, it's gorgeous, and it's the industry's leading composite decking. It features high-definition grain patterns, rich saturated colors that really feel like they're inspired by nature. This is a fantastic prize, you guys. It's available exclusively at Lowe's and Lowe's.com. That $500 Lowe's gift card is going out to one very lucky listener who reaches out to us with their home improvement question. And yes, you must have a good home improvement question. I mean, a decent one, you know, not like one that you made up just to get in on this drawing. No, we want you to have a real home improvement question. Leave it for us at 888-MONEYPIT, or you can head to moneypit.com, click on the blue microphone button from your phone or from your laptop, and just record your question right there. If we pull your name out of that Money Pit hard hat, you'll be getting yourself a $500 Lowe's gift card, and you can use that to help purchase the new Transcend Deck Kit, which is absolutely beautiful. Steve in Pennsylvania needs some help with a building project. I love that you're planning and you've asked us to help. What's going on, Steve? Yeah, I have a small uh, summer cabin at Lake Tahoe, and the deck was built in the early 60s. And the step up from the deck into the cabin is a stretch. So I was wanting to put like a stoop or a, a landing or a step or whatever you want to call it. Uh, on top of the deck that will make the step up into the cabin a little less severe. So I was looking at maybe something about 54 inches wide and 6 to 7 inches tall, but I I don't know how deep to make that uh, step. When you say deep to make the step, you mean what's the like what's the tread depth when you put your foot on it? Exactly. So what are you gonna build it out of? I was just gonna put in wood. Everything else is wood up there. So I would just use I would use a two by twelve for that step. Why not make it a nice big deep step? You could use a two by ten. I mean most steps are narrower than that, but I I, I think a two by twelve, which is eleven and a half inches, would be fine. So twelve inches deep from the edge of the cabin door to the edge of the deck. So it's just one step, basically, between the deck and the cabin door. Is that correct that you want to put in? Right. So I would make it a 2 by 12 Why not? It's about 11 and a half inches deep, and that'll be fine. Well, thank you very much for your help. Well, storms can strike without warning. You know, one moment you're comfortable, and the next you're worried about how long you can get by with what you've got. 
Now, when the forecast calls for severe weather, it's important to make sure that you're ready for the storm, whether you're at home, you're at work, or you're even in your car. Yep. And a well-stocked emergency kit is really essential to any place you and your loved ones are going to spend a lot of time. So think about what every family member needs to get by for several days without power or even water and keep some emergency items in one spot in your home and make sure everyone knows where to find them. So we're talking about stocking things like food and water and medicine and toiletries and survival tools like flashlights and even tents and tarps and extra batteries. Yeah. And remember, guys, emergencies can strike when you're not at home. So at work, you want to keep a supply of water, food, toiletries, even your medicines in close range. And you want to be sure to have comfortable sneakers with you, too, just in case there's an evacuation that might require a lot of walking. And finally, don't forget your vehicle. You want to keep jumper cables, flashlights, shovels in the trunk. Also think about some water, food, blankets. You know, you really have to think because you never know where something might happen. And you know what else is a really good idea? Install a whole house generator. A whole house generator will be permanently installed outside your home. It comes on automatically within seconds of a power outage. You will be much more prepared if you've got that backup generator to take care of you and your home when the lights go out. Call us with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. Remember, we're giving away that five hundred dollar Lowe's gift card, courtesy of our friends at Trex and the Trex Transcend Deck Kit, to one lucky listener who calls us with their question. Julie in Nebraska has written into Team Money Pit, and she's asking, "I'm a new first time homeowner. I'm going to change all of the paint colors inside, and I can't figure out what finishes to use. I've got kids who love to make messes. All right, welcome to that club. <laughs> Which finish is the easiest to clean?" You know, I think a lot of folks are not really that tuned into the fact that there are so many different finishes that you can buy paint in, right? I mean, you've got the basic, which is flat, right? And flat paints are good because they're non-reflective. And there are times when you don't want to have anything reflect off your walls or your ceilings. Like, for example, if you have ceilings and you have ceiling lights, you absolutely want that to be as flat as possible because as that light sort of casts off that fixture, uh, it's going to sort of shadow every little defect in the ceiling. And sometimes it can look really bad if it's an old house or if it's got some badly done drywall finishing and that sort of thing. So flat paint is good for that. But flat paint, as you well know, Leslie, with two boys, it doesn't clean so well, does it? No, it really does not clean so well. And I always tend to lean towards eggshell. I do love an eggshell, but that's just sort of a sheen that's between sort of semi-gloss and kind of above flat. I mean, it's it, it's beautiful to me. It doesn't clean as well, but it cleans pretty darn nicely. And you can use it to enhance a lot of spaces throughout the home. So that's what I kind of love because it's satin, it's low luster. The other end of the spectrum from a flat, though, you guys, that's super easy to clean is high gloss, but you got to have a very specific spot for that, don't you think, Tom? Yeah, I think, for example, high gloss is good for cabinetry or for trim. I like high gloss or semi-gloss because it does have sort of that hard finish on it that's easy to clean. Uh, but I'll tell you what else makes a big difference, the quality of the paint. You can actually clean a, a, a wall that's painted with flat paint if it's a sort of a scrubbable flat. If it's a better quality flat paint, you can do some cleaning. Now, not as much as you might do if it was semi-gloss or uh, if it was, say, satin, which is kind of like one step under that. But if it's a good quality paint, you could definitely do more cleaning of that paint than if it were a bad quality paint. Let's just say that the Mr. Clean erasers go a lot farther if the paint is good underneath, right? Yeah, and it's interesting. I always find, you know, with the eggshell, not so much, but a little bit. And with the flat, definitely. When you use that magic eraser, it's interesting to watch how it sort of loosens the paint, kind of grabs it and moves it along. <laughs> so you end up with these like kind of funny spots. I always call them holidays. It's where the paint's taken a vacation. You usually get those when you're applying the paint, but that can happen as well if the finish isn't so great. 
Now, the last one I don't think we've spoken about yet is semi-gloss, and that's kind of a compromise between the two sheen extremes, and there's some benefits. It's not as reflective as the glossy paint, so it won't show as many surface imperfections. It offers good stain resistance. It's easy to clean. I mean, I always use semi on the windows, doors, trim, cabinets. Uh, I mean, you could use it on walls, too, like in a kid's room or a bath. Well, absolutely. And by the way, if you need durability to finish... Like for, like we talked about kitchen cabinets, that's a place where you really don't want the finish to get nicked easy. In those cases, I would use an oil-based paint. I know it's harder to clean up, but it's a much harder surface. And it's really super durable when you have like doors and drawers that are opening and closing against those surfaces. All right. I hope that helps you out, Julie. Good luck with the new house. Good luck with all of the painting. Good luck with the messy kids. They grow up. They still make messes, (laughs) just different kinds of messes. So good luck on that front. That's right. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thank you so much for spending this part of your summer day with us. We hope that you've picked up a couple of ideas that will help you improve the space you call home. If you've got questions, remember you can reach us 24-7 at 1-888-MONEYPIT or you can always post your questions by going to moneypit.com and clicking on the blue microphone button. Until next time, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.